0: Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your grace. Uh, Bless Aisha as she goes. Uh, I pray that you would show a favor and and be a provider for her. I pray that you be with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, My name is Aaron. I serve as one of the pastors here at Christ Central, uh, and I'm glad to be with you here this morning. Um, We are continuing our series on the good life. Going through the Beatitudes. And so um, I, I want to say this briefly. The, the work of Jesus uh, prior to the Sermon on the Mount gives us a little bit more context by allowing us to see who Jesus was talking to and who he was with and the why behind the Beatitudes. Uh, so in Matthew chapter 4, this is not the, the preaching text, but this is, a, this is text for our own context. It says that, verses 23 and 24, it says that he went throughout all Galilee teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. In verse 24, so his fame spread throughout all Syria and they brought him all the sick Those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, and then those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them all. And so my question for you is, have you ever had a need, right? Like, like, have you ever been praying for something to change, or have you ever been praying for a prayer to be answered? Or maybe it was just for somebody to just hear you. How do you feel? In that time frame, how do you feel? Like me, some of you probably feel pretty vulnerable. We can have the tendency to feel powerless. We, we can probably have the tendency to feel forgotten. Maybe even those feelings lead to this place of, Of doubt. Yeah, the Christian who loves Jesus and who is faithful through trial and through temptation and and through heartache, like we get to this place, we doubt God and we wonder if whether or not he's ever gonna come through. But then in in that season of hardship, no no matter how long it might be, after we deal with the hurt and even some of that hurt turns uh, just a little bit into bitterness, we get to this place of tenderness. Right? We, we get to this place of, of gentleness. We get to this place where we see our limitations and we, and we see that the things that we probably invested in most, our, our money, our power, our intelligence, our health, our looks, our connections, et cetera, et cetera, we begin to see that, that those things have limits, But we know that that place where we are walking in this place of, of weakness and limitation is not very, um, what's the word, popular in our culture, all right? Like our culture is this place of, of power and strength and, and progress. And so meekness in itself gets a bad rap in our culture because it's often looked at as, as this, this place of weakness, but like in the sense of being a pushover. Like you don't want to get the, 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 the bad end of the deal or this place of powerlessness where you, you don't have any power or this place of softness and, and quietness where there is no strength. And if I'm honest, as a human like all of you are, I suppose, if that's the definition of meekness, I don't want that. I don't, I don't want to be a pushover. I don't want to be looked at as weak. But don't take my honesty as the gospel. And don't take my feelings of insecurity, which they may be, or weakness as truth. Let's go to God's word and see what he says about meekness. So I'd ask you to please join me in standing for the reading of the scripture. We will be in Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Uh, and we start as follows. Uh, you can look in your Bibles or you can look at the screen behind me. Uh, and thank you for following along. Sing the crowds. He went up to the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for for they shall inherit the earth. This is God's word, and scripture teaches us that it does not return void. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy this morning. Uh, I thank you for, for, for your spirit that applies the work of the son to our lives. And I thank you for your word and your presence and I ask that you would bless us today with your truth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. So, so as we continue in the series of the Beatitudes, Uh, The Beatitudes are not a list of things to do, but a list of divine qualities to be. I think it serves as as some importance to make sure that that we don't hear the Beatitudes as a list Um, in respect to the kingdom, but but in respect to the kingdom of God and in the context of the sermon that Jesus is preaching, we see some context, as I read from Matthew chapter 4. We see that he's been with these people who may have been undermined, overlooked, marginalized, oppressed, not just by demons but, but probably also by the culture, looked down upon. And are the, but but the, the ironic part of this is that even though they are that, Jesus is speaking in the context almost as, as he's looking at them as he's saying this list. He's almost saying, like, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, Blessed are those who mourn and have suffered loss. Blessed are those who are meek. They shall inherit earth. He's looking over and saying that these are the people who have place in the kingdom. And so the gospel takes this very phrase of the good life, which is our series title, and it literally turns it upside down and inside out. And that's not new because Jesus normally does things like this, right? Like these paradoxical statements sound familiar, right? In order to live, you must die. In order to find, you must lose. To be strong, you need to be weak. So the good life is through the work of Jesus applied by the Holy Spirit. And so... I want you to listen to this. If we make the Beatitudes a list to keep, that pushes us close to legalistic rule following and not Holy Spirit-led living. I want to say that again because some of y'all might be like me, right? Like I like lists and I like to check the box off and say, I did that. I like the reward that comes with me following through on my, on my checklist. I, I lack structure in life, and when God lays out things that have some things in structure, it helps me to kind of align a little bit, and that's okay. But these are not things that I earn grace or mercy from. And so I want to say that again. If we make the Beatitudes a list to keep, that pushes us close to legalistic rule following and not Holy Spirit-led grace of living. And so as a continuation from the previous Beatitudes preached by Pastor Daniel, being poor in spirit and, and mourning, we, we approach the Beatitude of meekness. And we will see that these Beatitudes have something in common. As Sinclair Ferguson says, he says that the, the three characteristics, speaking of mourning and being poor in spirit and meekness, have this common element of recognition of what we are in the presence of God is what we are, no more and no less. He, he, so, so, so when we talk about meekness, we must remember that like meekness is not weakness. Sha Lin, he's a Christian rapper, and his album, The Soulless Christus Project, it dropped in 2009. He said, I want you, I want you to pay attention to this because I might have to repeat it because some of y'all might not get this one. Uh, the, the uniqueness of he's talking about Christ as the as the picture of meekness. The uniqueness of His meekness is too deep to speak. And if you think meekness is weakness, then try being meek for a week. He says that, and then uh, Sinclair Ferguson also says this: that there is no more of a beautiful quality in in a Christian than meekness. It enhances. Manliness it adorns femininity and it it's a jewel of that is polished by grace. Okay, so Pastor Aaron, what does it mean to be meek? Well, I'll give you a quick definition from uh, a lexicon in Greek and English, and it says to not uh, not not being overly impressed by a sense of oneself or importance that leads to this place of gent- gentleness and humility and, and being considerate of others. So there are some examples of, of meekness when we look in scripture. We, we all know who Moses is and I, I, I zoom in to Numbers chapter 12. And in Numbers chapter 12, this little situation is taking place where uh, Miriam and Aaron are, are speaking against Moses because he, he married a Cushite and, uh, and, and they begin to question his religious leadership. And the next thing the passage says in Numbers chapter 12, I believe it's verse 3, it says the passage said that Moses was a a very meek man, more than all the people who were on the face of the earth. And then immediately after that, it says that the Lord spoke up for Moses. The Lord began to check Aaron and, and Miriam about their their, their, what they have going on against Moses and them doubting his leadership and his ability to, to lead them and his, his, them critiquing him and their anger, God's anger kindled against them. Like some commentaries go in to say that because Moses, being as meek as he was, he would have let this dispute go unchallenged and he, he never would have brought it to resolve. He would have just let it go. It's a characteristic of meekness where you don't really consider yourself as high and mighty. And so when someone speaks against you, you say, oh, okay. But in this particular situation, uh, uh, the Lord spoke and and, and God's anger kindled against Miriam and, and Aaron. And like Miriam ended up with leprosy. And Aaron was scared for his life, and he just began to beg that that he wouldn't that he began to, to to pray and beg like and ask like Moses, like, "Hey, don't 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 let this happen." And like Jesus, Moses says this, "Oh Lord, please heal her, please." Jesus, in the same way, was meek and and, and but but. You know, I want to bring something back. Like, you should watch what you say about a meek pastor. Mainly Timothy and Daniel, not me. I'm not the meek one. But you should watch what you say, right? I'm just joking. We'll move on. Um, So Jesus and meekness, right? Like, Jesus was betrayed on. Jesus was lied on. Jesus was misunderstood. Jesus was mistreated. Jesus was forsaken. Jesus was violently attacked. And his response was this. Jesus responded like this, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It just oozes meekness. It oozes gentleness even in the midst of being attacked. It's not him falling back and just being quiet and not able to stand for himself because he could have. I mean, Scripture teaches us and says that he could have called a legion of angels to come tend to him. But in his meekness and in his love and this, this greater hope and this work that he was doing, Jesus says, forgive them. Dr. Lloyd-Jones sums it up admirably in saying this, that meekness is essentially a true view of oneself, expressing itself in attitude and conduct with respect to others. The man or woman who is truly meek is the one who is truly amazed that God and man, can, uh, and man can think of him as well as they do and treat him as well as they do. This in itself makes him gentle, humble, sensitive, impatient in all of his dealings with others. I, I read this and my heart goes, oh, Lord Jesus, help me. How am I? I'm not patient with others sometimes, and I'm not gentle, I'm not, I'm not as sensitive as I need to be, I'm not as humble as I need to be, I'm not, I think more highly of myself sometimes. And so at the end of the day, meekness means God controlled. Meekness means God Control. Therefore, meekness in, in some sense is to be controlled by the spirit. And if you read in Galatians chapter 5, it's very similar in nature. It says, but I say walk in the spirit and you will, will not uh, gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. Skip down a few verses to verse 22, and it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and gentleness, and self-control. And against, the, against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and its desires. And so if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. It, 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 it's the fruit that we, that we bear because of being in Christ Jesus. And so it just goes to show like this, this it's very similar. Like it's the fruit that we bear when we are led by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that God has graciously given us uh, to live this Christian life and be fruitful. So we walk in the spirit because God has given us the spirit so that we might bear fruit. We don't check the list off of, fruits of fruit of the spirit. We walk in it because God has given us what we need to do so. And as in the Beatitudes, we walk in this place of meekness. It is not just a list or something we check off to do. So what does meekness not mean? Meekness does not mean that you are a wallflower. Meekness does not mean that you have to be quiet and be ran over. Meekness does not mean that, that you don't ever disagree. Meekness does not mean that you accept abuse of any kind. That's not meekness. In fact, Kent Hughes says this. He said, it does, it, 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 meekness does not denote um, cowardness or spineless timidity or willingness to have peace at any cost. Neither does meekness suggest indecisiveness or wishy-washiness or a lack of confidence. Meekness does not imply shyness or a withdrawn personality, uh, or, nor can meekness be reduced to just niceness. And so many of these con- uh, misconceptions about meekness have led to meekness being overlooked and underutilized in the day and the life of the believer because we don't want to be ran over. And we have this, dip, this definition in our heads that that's what it means to be meek. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. What is an inheritance? An inheritance is something that you receive on the behalf of someone else's work, right? On some levels, right? Like so meekness in a sense points us back to Jesus. So as he's preaching these things, he's saying blessed are they who, Exercise or walk in these things. Blessed are they. Yes, some may be to their condition of life, but the reason that there is blessing is because of the inheritance that we have in Him. And so we don't need to overcomplicate what is meant here. Uh, the, the the blessed are the meek. The meek are those who are poor in spirit, who recognize their need for a Savior the the those who are and those who mourn over their sin and the and the darkness that is in this world and so they are those who are in Christ Jesus and therefore they are heirs to the kingdom and so when we say the meek inherit the earth, we're, we're not just talking about worldly possessions or, or money or their needs being met for, which may happen, but the end goal is that they inherit the earth, that, that, that everything that is in Christ Jesus and God holding and owning all things, that the meek shall be a part of that number. From an eschatological perspective, the meek are those who will experience the, the fullness of Christ. In heaven, based on his exercise of meekness and finishing the work of the Father on the cross. So, we talk about an inheritance, but the inheritance that we receive is because of the work Jesus did in his life and ministry, in his death, and then in his burial, and in him being raised up. And because of that work, we inherit. Amen. So we are recipients. In Romans chapter 8 it says that the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that that we are children of God and if children then heirs and heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So meekness is it's not weakness. As I stated at the beginning, meekness is it's not an item on a list to do. It is, however, something that we have the capacity to be. We are able to do this as a believer, as a follower in Christ, so that those who may not even know him might see him. Just on a very practical level, people watch you. Those of us who carry the banner of Jesus. And I'm not saying this to scare you, but people watch you. People watch how you interact when somebody gets your drink wrong at the coffee shop. People watch how you interact when, even if they don't know you, we live in Durham, you may run into them again and how you respond in traffic situations. People watch you when you're on the phone and you're speaking to your significant other and you think nobody's around and they see how you speak to them. I'm going to say that was an amen or some. <laughs> and so, and so, we, so we have to be careful that even our meekness and us walking uh, in this place of, of meekness can be a, a, a pathway to somebody experiencing Jesus for the first time. And so through, through the power of the Holy Spirit and denying the flesh as we see in Galatians chapter 5 and walking in Christ, he, he, and as he's completing the work in us that he already has started in this process of sanctification, like we're, we're not there yet. And so nobody in this room is asking for perfection and being meek. But what we are asking is this idea of us fully relying on him as Jesus did. Us uh, uh, fully relying on the power of the spirit to walk in this place of meekness. In our businesses, in our lives, in our, in our marriages, in our singleness, in, in our schools, wherever that might be, wherever your area of influence is, this, 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 this meekness will be beneficial to you. God says it's blessed. And so be encouraged in this. As followers of Jesus, the meek are blessed. But, but I do want to warn you, uh, this is not for the weak. Meekness is not weak. Uh, but, and I say this because injury may take place. Pain may take place. Uh, but, but, in, but in that, the promised blessing of Jesus in the here and now is available. The winning of souls potentially, if, if we are walking in righteousness and, and others see how we love one another, like God said, they'll know that, that your mind, by, by the way that you love one another, you can't love someone without, without meekness. Because when you see other people's faults, you, you, meekness keeps you from judging them. And it keeps you looking back inward at you, saying, oh, me too. Therefore, we can have love for one another. So the winning of souls and the the redemptive work that is in the here and now, in the promised future inheritance. Uh, This is is the good life. Uh, The good life includes pain and, and some suffering. And, in fact, it probably more pain and suffering than we'd like to admit or more pain and suffering than we'd like to take on. But listen to this. Sometimes that pain, that, that suffering, that endurance, and the grace that precedes is the balm that we need to nurture our hearts. Sometimes God allows us to go through pain, and sometimes we're on the back end of a situation, and it didn't work out well for us. Sometimes our prayers don't get answered. Sometimes there is no solution that we see, and the things may not ever be right until Jesus returns. But sometimes that's the very thing that God uses for us to be able to be transformed into the individual more like Jesus with more meekness. Because if we look at the life of Christ, we will see that not all things worked out like he thought they would. He prayed in the garden. It's a demonstration of his humanity. Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass for me. But then you see his meekness and the strength and the power and the divinity of who he was. But nevertheless, his complete sold-outness to God in the work. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Meekness is not weakness. But sometimes God utilizes those things to nurture our hearts in the place of tenderness so we get to that. Meekness. And so I want to echo Paul as I close and we'll pray. These present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. Meekness is not weakness. We see that in Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we are thankful for your grace. We're thankful for how you love us. And we thank you for how you've demonstrated your love towards us. God, you sent your son and you, and you love us and your son demonstrated to us how to walk in meekness. Lord, I confess that I fall so short in that. I don't like to be taken advantage of and, and I'm not suggesting that that meekness is that, but it feels that way. So, God, I pray that you give us hearts and strength and trust and security in you that we might walk with meek hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.